What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Season 2. This is Episode 5 of a Washed Up Sports Podcast. My name is Evan Klein, and I am happy to be joined by my co-host, Max Lindley. What's going on, guys? Evan, thank you for the intro. We got an awesome episode for you guys today. We got an awesome interview, and then we're going to talk some UFC, some college basketball, some football, some hockey. It's a great episode. Let's just get right the hell into it. Evan? We are an authentic sports commentary from the perspective of two washed-up athletes. Today's episode is brought to you by The Daily Scoop. The Daily Scoop is the premier dog-walking and pet-sitting service of Bergen County located in Glenrock. The Daily Scoop provides service not only to Glenrock, but to several surrounding towns as well. The Daily Scoop ensures that your pets are getting the best possible care while you can't be with them. Inquire for more at www.thedailyscoop.com. That's scoop with a K at www.thedailyscoop.com. Max the Instagram. Daily Scoop LLC. You know where to find them. Absolutely. So, let's so, jump right into it. Big episode today. We got Alex Newman in the interview later, which was big time. First, let's get into UFC 257. Fine's corner last week. You talked about it. You previewed it a bit. So, first you want to recap, and then we'll get into it a little bit more. Sure. Perfect. So, obviously, second round knockout. Poirier, McGregor. McGregor took some of those nasty calf kicks, which really did him in there. Looked painful. Yeah, absolutely. So Poirier, props to him for shocking the world. Absolutely. uh, Connor looked pretty nimble there in the beginning, but Poirier really, really, you know, had that going for him. So this raises the question. People are asking now, what's next for the lightweight division? So let's assume Khabib said he didn't see anything that he loved at 257. So let's say he vacates the title. Leaves Poirier as the champ. So let's see who let's do we say. think is going to fight Poirier next. So Connor obviously wants that rematch for Poirier, Poirier Dustin against McGregor Connor three. And then we have Oliveira, we have Gaethje. I guess we can look at Nate Diaz lower down the division. So I'm really not too sure who I think is going to get this fight, but. If I had to give my best guess, I'd really like to see Justin Gaethje because, in my personal opinion, Justin Gaethje, you know, he beat Ferguson, he got that title fight against Khabib, and of course, Khabib beat him. Khabib's undefeated, and, you know, that's going to happen, but I think Gaethje against Poirier, that's really the fight that I would like to see personally. Gotcha. All right, what are the other options? So yeah, as I said, other options we got Oliveira, Charles Oliveira, um, Charles Oliveira. He's pretty good. And then there's also Nate Diaz lower in the division. So McGregor is also definitely a, an option there because they're tied one one in that series. So so that's also a, that that a seems like option. what the viewers probably want the most. But definitely. you think for UFC maybe it should be someone else more deserving. Right. Yeah. All right. That's understandable. Right. I get that. I mean, not being the biggest UFC fan, but I, I watched pretty much all of 257 the other night. Um, I thought Connor looked good. I thought, like, once his calf, you could see it literally start to swell up at a certain point in the mm-hmm. fight. I think it was after that first round. Um, once he kind of lost that calf, it looked like he was doomed. I still had hope for him because he's Connor freaking McGregor. Right. But, um, 
Yeah, I remember I texted you. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Right. Like, all caps, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. I, I, it was just so, like, nobody expected that. No, yeah, nobody did. And in the lightweight division now, there's a lot going on because obviously with Khabib ret- retiring and then he couldn't fight Ferguson back during the pandemic. Something came up where he couldn't do that because of, you know, being in a different country during the pandemic, whatever. So we had Gagey with the interim title and then the, then he fought Khabib and it was all just like a big mix up with all the interim titles, now the vacated titles, if that, if Khabib chooses that, which things are kind of looking like he, he will. So, so there's just a lot going on in the lightweight division that isn't that normal right now. So in a couple months, once more things get settled, if Khabib vacates, and then we can find, finally find out who the true champion in lightweight is besides Khabib, obviously. So then that'll kind of balance and figure everything out, I think. Gotcha. All right. So that was a good quick little recap. Thanks. We got some more Evan for some big Evan fans. We got Klein's top 25. Absolutely. So I made a top 25 college basketball rankings, big college basketball guy. So. And I, uh, I put a graphic, so it's going to be right here for you guys. Check that out. Um, you can see his top five, everything. Um, but yeah, climb through that together. Yep. Perfect. So I have the top 25. So I'm not going to, obviously, I'm not going to go through all 25 teams. So I just want to, we're putting that graphic up there so you guys could see everything that I did. But Absolutely. I'll just go through a couple of the big ones that I like, things that I did a little different. Um, so obviously, at number one, I mean, everybody in the country has Gonzaga right now. And we've talked about it before on the podcast. I think during the front office episode with them, when we talked about national championship picks, we talked a little bit about Jalen Suggs. Obviously, there's other great pieces to that team, but the way this kid plays at such a young age just amazes me every time I turn the television on. And I think that right now, with him as the centerpiece to this huge, you know, this huge, this huge talented team, it's just unreal so i really like what gonzaga is doing and that's why i put them in my number one spot as i think everyone would right now just to quickly touch on a point you made the the thing about the young talent i think that's something we're seeing throughout sports now where i mean even high school sports is so much on social media highlights and everything like it's all like it's it's all publicized so like true the talent level i don't know if it's because of that but I've just seen it rise with it. I think that like the talent level at youth sports is just rising astronomically compared to how it was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, you see these guys on Instagram like Mikey Williams and Bronny James like getting hyped up dunking in the eighth grade and shit like that. Exactly. It, it's it's a, wild. It's a different time, and it's certainly interesting. Certainly. I just want to touch on that a bit. No Let's doubt. continue. Two. So a few others I got. Yeah, two I have. Uh, two is Baylor, three is Nova, four – Texas, five, Michigan, so I flip-flopped those because I really love the way Texas is playing right now. Shaka Smart, he's, just, he's a good coach, and you know I think he's he's had some tough some tough teams to coach, and he's had a tough ride, but I do like Shaka Smart, and that might be a controversial take, but I do think he's, Shaka Smart's a very good basketball coach. So continuing on with the rest of my top 25, just one more thing I wanted to highlight on. I'm a big Rutgers guy. For college hoops. Big Rutgers guy. Big Big Ten guy. Loves to follow the Big Ten. And I say with the most confidence, I think everybody who follows college basketball would agree it's the toughest league in the nation. By far, every night you're playing a hard opponent. There's There's no nights off. There's no easy games in the Big Ten. So I moved Illinois up a little bit from where they were because of their strength of schedule. They were down at like 16, 18, 19, like around that area. But I just think that 
First of all, the talent on that team is crazy. I love the mix of obviously Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn are the two studs on that team. But like Andre Curbelo and Trent Frazier, Georgie Bajanishvili, these are guys who are unreal basketball players. And I think this team, their strength of schedule is so difficult being in the hardest league in the nation, which is also why I gave Wisconsin some leeway. Um, I, I moved to Iowa just because I, I hate Iowa, but I, that's just the Rutgers fan in me. But uh, but yeah, that's why I did what I did with Illinois. I really like their game, and it's just a very, very skilled team. Play the game with passion. You know, as a Rutgers guy, obviously, we got the best of them earlier in the year. Got the best of them once last year, so that's always fun. But that was my reason for that. And then, but yeah, if anybody else has any comments on the rest of my top 25, shoot me a DM. Shoot a comment on the Washed Up Sports Pod Insta. I would or love to talk this, more. Or on the YouTube channel. Or on Always the YouTube channel. Feel free to comment. Yeah, we love talking and interacting with you guys. So just shoot me some takes or whatever you guys thought about it. I'd love to talk. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, let's get to the main event. We are now happy to be joined by Alex Newman, former Rutgers men's basketball team manager, general manager of playing for Jimmy V. Alex, thanks so much for coming on with us today, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. So we're just going to get started with the interview. So let's start back at the beginning. During your time at Rutgers, you were the, ma- the manager of the men's basketball team for all four years of your college career, correct? Yep. And so what was it like for you managing a Big Ten basketball team? And for those who don't know what a team manager's position entails, could you tell us a little bit about that too? Yeah, sure. So it was awesome. Um, I was a uh, big Rutgers basketball fan before college. Um, it's just kind of like been in my family, Rutgers. Um, so started freshman year, um, actually after the season ended. So I started a little bit after the freshman, uh, freshman season ended for me. Um, so I was with Eddie Jordan for three years and then with the current coaching staff, my senior year. Um, it was awesome. I mean, it ranged anywhere from, um, water boy, like, uh, towel guy, like equipment person. Um, to like practicing, like being like a practice player and like actually playing like kind of semi-live with like Big Ten basketball players, which was crazy because I never played higher level than uh, rec basketball growing up. Um, So that was like kind of insane. But it was just like working in the office, um, helping with scouting reports, helping cut film, filming practice, um, help planning travel, uh, food, like getting takeout after the game for the team, that kind of thing, like taking food orders. So that, like the day-to-day stuff like that, but then also like being in, working in the coaches' offices, like watching film, that kind of thing. Um, so you had like the basketball aspect of it, and then you had the logistics and the water boy and, and cleaning up and like um, putting the court out. So it kind of ranged all over the place. It was a, uh, essentially a full-time job um, where you make absolutely no money and you right. get like, being able to travel and equipment for the most part. Right. And of course, it's definitely not something you do like for the money. It's something you do because you love the game and, you know, you love basketball and stuff like that. Yep. Absolutely. So what about your time managing? Did you really take away after college and like, how did these things come into play for you today? Would you say? Yeah. I mean, so like the work ethic is one thing, like you, it like the coaches know like just being in like an athletic um, environment like that like it's all about work ethic and like the classic like first one the lead first one in last one out like cliche 
Um, and like it, it applied to managers too. Like if you were around, like they noticed, like coaches noticed, like you were rewarded for that. So like I traveled, um, I went on every road trip, sophomore to senior year, um, which was awesome. Like that was, that was the best part of it by far. Um, but like you get rewarded for those types of things. Um, like I was the head manager, um, like junior and senior year. Like you kind of, you, you get more responsibility. Like you get, you're not getting a bonus in money, but you're getting like more gear and you're just getting the recognition from the coaching staff, knowing that they, you want to be there. So that kind of thing has definitely helped. Like it, it helped kind of build like my work ethic, like now with my regular desk job um, and just kind of having responsibility. I, I was, um, I managed like being the head manager. I was kind of in charge of the other managers, like the, the freshman and the sophomore managers. Um, so just kind of learning to manage like a team of that and like or keeping everybody organized, scheduling, that kind of thing um, has definitely just kind of helped me. That's really so. cool. Yeah, no doubt. I, it seems like you really learned a lot during your time there. And, and not only did it, did you have fun with it, but it taught you um, a lot more than just that type of stuff. So that's really cool. Yeah. And then just like, obviously just like being around, like being able to like hang out with the guys and like, know the coaches and like build relationships with coaches who have been around like NBA players, like Eddie Jordan being like played in the NBA coach in the NBA, like just the guys he's been like coach Kobe, like just the guys that he's been around. It's, it's just like crazy to kind of like be able to be able to like associate yourself with people like that. Totally. And someone who, someone who probably wanted to work in sports, it was cool to, for that to be like a foot in the door a little bit, resume builder, that type of thing as well. Yep, exactly. Exactly right. So you just mentioned started under Eddie Jordan, Steve Peichel took over after, since then Rutgers has gone on to be a ranked program, whole new culture. Could you tell us just a little bit about what you saw Coach Peichel bring to the program that helped create this winning culture at RU? Sure. Yeah. So Coach Peichel, um, he, he built the, you saw what he built at Stony Brook. Um, that program was nothing before he got there. Like they didn't even have an arena before he got there. Um, and now they have this beautiful arena. They went to the NCAA tournament. They um, played Kentucky. Um, so, like, he has, like, that program-building mentality, which Rutgers needed. Um, like, he found these guys who, like, we weren't going to come in and, and get four- and five-star recruits. Like, it's just not going to happen. He found guys like Gio and, and Caleb um, and kind of, like, built those guys, find these, like, little diamonds in the rough guys like that, um, guys that just like work hard and like the staff that he hired, um, like grind it out. Like we're going to win with defense. Um, obviously the rack plays a big part of it, but like bringing like that toughness mentality, like no matter how much, like we're not going to, we might not be as talented as you, but like, you're not going to come in, in here and just roll over. Like it's just not going to happen. Um, so kind of like that toughness mentality, like, he's trying to bring like a Rutgers like Jersey toughness mentality to the program, which was badly needed. Um, so that and like just the staff that he brought in, but like his mentality, like his work ethic is, is ridiculous. Um, and like the players take after that. Yeah. Especially after the, you know, the drought with the tournament and everything. And this guy, Pykele, I mean, a lot of people in Jersey, you've, Rutgers basketball starting to get more popular, but this guy's like playing defense on the sidelines with his hands up. He's going absolutely bananas. You could just tell he's one of those coaches who, who rides with his guys. And, and, you know, I think uh, his, the wins speak for themselves at this point. Uh, he's a yeah. proven coach in the big 10 now. 
Yeah, I mean, he just brings Seabrook so much energy to the sideline, practice. Like, it's just like the guys just – they take after it. Like, and those are the guys he's trying to recruit. Those are the guys he's trying to build. And, like, yeah, he just – he brings so much energy and, like, toughness to the program. I know I've heard things that people said, like, when he was there, he would go around on Friday nights to, like, the fraternity houses and hand out food to the kids. Be like, thanks for coming to the games. Like, we promise you we're turning it around. He came to our house. Like, he came to the A-Pie house. It was insane. Like, it was nuts. Like, he he just showed up with a couple boxes of pizza and, like, a couple of the other coaches and just, like, talked to us for, like, five, ten minutes. It was awesome. Like that, yeah, that's, that's crazy. like, but that's the, like, they needed that at Rutgers. Like there was the, like the interest is going to go down if you lose, obviously. And like, right. but you needed that to kind of drum up the interest. And like, that's part of the reason why, like last year we were 18 and one at home. Like the student section was insane. Like, right. That, and they were selling out, they were selling out games like never before. Yeah. And that's like, that's a huge credit to like Pykele and like just building that and like the athletic department, like a huge, huge credit to them. But like, that's kind of like what Pykele brought. Like he brought that energy and like he drummed up the interest that badly was needed. Totally. So moving on a little bit to some of the stuff you're currently doing. So the basketball tournament is a tournament that happens every year on ESPN before we start talking a little bit about that, could you just give like your take on what the basketball tournament, TBT for short, people call it, what that is for the people listening that might not know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, it's, it's set up like the NCAA tournament, 64 teams, four to eight regions, depending on how they do it. Um, and essentially what it is, is you're going to have college alumni teams. Um, so for this past year, Marquette alumni was a team that won. So the guys that play in this tournament are guys that, Maybe they played in the NBA for a couple of years. Maybe they retired from the NBA, but it's, it's mostly guys who are playing overseas. So Europe, Asia, Australia, um, huge basketball leagues. Euro league is huge. It's those kind of guys who are home in the summer because the offseason is in the summer. They're home in the summer. They're coming back and they want to play with guys who they played in college with um, or friends from like, sometimes you'll have teams that are like geographically based, like a New York team or like a Memphis team, that kind of thing. Um, so they'll come back, you put a team together. There's a, a committee to get in just like the NCAA tournament. Like there's a selection committee. So you're, you're being picked like based on how good your roster is essentially. Um, and like kind of the brand name of your team, if you're an alumni team, or if you work with a foundation, that kind of thing. And then it's winner takes all. It's single elimination, winner takes all. Whoever wins the whole thing wins $2 million. If you lose in the championship, you get nothing. Wow. So it's a real uh, – all the marbles are, you know, come down to the end there. Yeah. But, so you started off actually leading Team United, which was a Rutgers center team. You guys lost a playing game for the tournament. This was how many years ago? So this was the year after I had graduated – um, so 2017, summer 2017. Gotcha. So now you've moved on to being the general manager for playing for Jimmy V, which plays in the tournament. And tell us how you got involved with, with playing for Jimmy V and what's that, what that's been like for you. Yeah, so it started off as a Rutgers alumni team, as you said. Um, I kind of did that based on, like, guys that I met at Rutgers when I was a manager. So, like, Miles Mack. Um, was our best player that that team united year um so and i was there with him at Rutgers. he played in in poland um so he kind of he was on the team and then we had a bunch of other Rutgers guys um cj gettys was on that team um 
And then we had a couple Stony Brook guys as well um, that we got to through Pikel. Um, so started as a Rutgers alumni team. We lost that, that uh, first game. Next year, we ended up not doing it. And then I was, and then we kind of said, all right, let's kind of open it up. I mean, Rutgers, no offense to Rutgers, but like we don't have a whole lot of alumni playing professional basketball. The past mm-hmm. year. Um, so we kind of had to open up the player pool. We networked. Um, it, it's me and my boy, Matt, who is also a manager at Rutgers, and then Vinny Matrone, who was a manager at Rutgers as well. We're kind of the three who put it together. Um, so we kind of just network. Vinny, um, knows players everywhere. He, he trains guys. Um, and he just knows so many guys overseas. We've networked with guys like literally through Instagram DMs, like that kind of thing, just reaching out, gauging interest. Um, and we paired up with the V foundation. So we kind of said, Hey, Jimmy V big Rutgers guy. Absolutely. A lot of people don't know that, but he is a big Rutgers guy. Um, so we said, Hey, this is an obvious connection. We reached out to the V foundation. They loved it. Um, so we kind of, we work with them. If we ever do win the tournament, we will make a, a large donation to them. That's kind of part of it, um, which would be awesome. Um, but it's, it's cool. Like we have a, a V foundation is huge in basketball. Everybody, all coaches know what the V foundation is. Um, and then we were able to put together like a pretty good roster. And this summer is going to be our best roster yet um, by far. So it's been cool. It's been exciting. Absolutely. You know, tell, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Jimmy V said family, religion, and Rutgers basketball. There you go. There it is. Yeah. The famous words from the big yeah. speech. Um, so you talked a little bit about the guys you had team, team United. So Corey Sanders, Deshaun Freeman, CJ Getty is actually guys you worked with during your time at Rutgers. Corey Sanders, you know, big name coming out of high school and one of the best scorers in Rutgers history. Um, so you guys, they are, they're all playing for team Jimmy V as well. So, so Corey should be back this summer. Um, he wasn't on the roster. So this past year we got, there was a, they had a bubble. Um, we got into the bubble and then we had a guy test positive for COVID. So we, everybody got sent home. Um, Corey is, looks like he'll be on the roster this summer, which he is having a fantastic season in Poland this year. Let's go. Um, putting up big time numbers. So we are excited for him to be back um but yeah Corey will be back i think Corey's probably going to be our only Rutgers guy this year mm-hmm. um, and then we have a ton of we have some local guys as well um devin kennedy who is with the magic g league team he uh, played for princeton he right. will be on the roster as long as, he, as he's not called up to the magic if i had to bet i think he will be called up to the magic gotcha i want him to be called up to the magic but definitely a part of me wants him not to be because i want him on our team he's gotcha. awesome I think he'd be like a top player in this thing. Gotcha. And then also recently Hashim Thabit, one of the best players in UConn history, number two overall NBA draft pick. That's big time as well. Octavius Ellis, great player at Cincinnati. Some really big time players for you guys. I think that's really awesome that you guys are really making it happen with these guys. It was awesome to have Hashim. Hashim is like the nicest guy. Um, it was, it was even like we practiced last year. We didn't end, get, end up to play the game because of COVID, but he was with us. Like we practiced, he looked awesome. Octavius Ellis is, is uh, a great EuroLeague player. He plays in Greece. Like, he's amazing. I think he'd be one of the best bigs in this thing. Um, and then, like, Josh Perkins, who led Gonzaga to a national championship. Like, he's a yeah. stud. Um, so, like, we are, we're trying to bring those guys back, and then we're looking to add a couple more. Absolutely. And, yeah, you mentioned before, obviously, COVID interference is, you know, nothing you can do about that. But looking forward, you know, really big things coming for – 
coming for playing for Jimmy V, Alex Newman. So coming up this year, what should people, when they turn on TBT if on ESPN, what, what should people look for really? I mean, so this is going to be like by far the best year for TBT. I mean, they say it every year, but like the talent pool just gets so much bigger every year. Um, there's going to be a ton of alumni teams this year. Um, like Isaiah Cannon has already committed to playing. Like there's, there's just always new guys who come out. Like Tony Rotwin is going to be playing this year. A lot of ex-NBA guys. So like the talent just gets better every year. This year is going to be like last year they had to cut a lot of the good teams because they did a bubble. This year we're doing a full tournament. Um, so they're going to have all the alumni teams. Um, you're going to have different regions. So it's going to be more back to normal. Um, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I think people like everybody missed the NCAA tournament last year. It just gives you like a little bonus basketball in the middle of the summer, like end of July, early August. Absolutely. And it's a lot of people too that you, people don't get to see because they're playing overseas, but overseas basketball is really good quality basketball. There really is it's some awesome. great players over there. It's fantastic. And, I, and like, I watch it now because of TBT, um, like, scouting and just like it's it's awesome like it's such a good product and like it it really is great and there's so many good players like there's guys who you watched in college all the time and then you they kind of just disappear but then they're fantastic players overseas so yeah yeah definitely a couple guys from my school university of buffalo are playing over there right now Devonte jordan most recently a couple other guys so and i know like these guys are all good ball players so it's yeah. really cool to see some of that come to life in the states with uh with tbt no doubt yeah Yep. So a little bit of a bonus question we got. So let's talk a little bit about the current state of Rutgers basketball. You know, some tough losses in there. Tried to bounce back. Nice win against Indiana. Let's hear, let's hear what Alex Newman has on this. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I've never been more excited about a Rutgers basketball team than, like, the beginning of this season. Like, this, the way we started the season was ridiculous. And, like, Ron looking like – a first round pick at times right. like the way he was playing was just insane um came back I expected us to come back down to earth a little bit for sure the way we just kind of plummeted was shocking um I mean like two completely different teams and like the offense has uh the offense in the beginning of the season was amazing and again like I kind of expected a little bit of regression but the regression was just uh crazy um, yeah, it'll be like six minutes where they just don't score. Yeah, and it's just like two completely different teams. Like that second Ohio State game was brutal. Um, yeah. That Michigan State game, like I felt really good going into that Michigan State game, coming off that Iowa loss. Um, and like that, I, I think we win that Iowa game with a crowd. I don't even think it's really like a debate. I think if the, there's people in that stadium, like we win that game easy. Absolutely. Um, I mean, one, one, one different call in that game is a completely different game. You know what I yeah, mean? I, I mean, I, I like, still can't really believe we didn't win that game. Um, the Penn State loss was, was horrible. Uh, that Penn State team is not good. Um, so for us to lose that game was, was disappointing. And while you could kind of see we got like our mojo back a little bit at the end of that game yeah. and almost came back and won it. So I did feel – pretty good going into the Indiana game and the Indiana game was a must win um, so like a huge game winning a road game against the Indiana team coming off an Iowa win um, I am still I mean like the, the Rutgers fan in me like I'm never going to say like we're in the tournament um, you can't we're kind of like hovering right around the bubble now um, which is 
how it was meant to be, I guess. But I do think, like, the Indiana game was big. I think we'll be able to turn it around. Hopefully uh, we got two big games this week. So if we can beat Michigan State, again, yeah. I think, like, that's, that's huge. Like, if we can beat them, then I'm feeling really good about the rest of the year. Definitely, yeah. And it's, it's really not too late for a turnaround. Um, they can definitely still make some things happen and get back into their top 20, get back into the top 25, get back into the March Madness pool without a doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean, big one this Thursday and then, yeah, I mean, if we can get, uh, if we can get Geo, how he was against Indiana, if we can get that Geo the rest of the year, that's, that's big. He always plays Indiana. Well, I liked it. I, I liked yeah. it. He had, a, he had that big dunk last year against them. Yeah. We need that. We need that geo the rest of the season for sure. No doubt. So, Alex Newman, appreciate you coming on the show, talking to me about all this good stuff, and uh, wish you the best, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back from the interview with Alex Newman. How about that, Max? It was great. That was, that was awesome. Like so interesting. Yeah, dude. Well, pro vibe that you get from like the tbt thing is so cool what happens there like a lot of people don't know about that but that's on espn every summer and that that's really fun to watch it's really good quality basketball shout out alex newman for coming on i really appreciate that man it meant a lot and what you were what you're doing right now with the uh, jimmy v foundation is really cool and what you did with Rutgers back in the day was awesome as well we really love that so absolutely shout I mean, out like- are you some of the best basketball, in my opinion, is not or like the most organized basketball. Obviously, it's organized basketball, but it's not like where it's a season. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not a season. I like tournament basketball because I feel like everyone, because you know you're not playing for a full season. Everyone's like, all right, I'm going to give my 150,000% sure. for this stretch of time. So I feel like tournament basketball, tournament sports is always some of the most elite talent all at once. It's win or go home. Win or go home and everyone's just do or die and giving their all. So I think, yeah, it's some of the best basketball sports to watch. Yeah, definitely. We're excited to see what Alex and his team do going into TBT this year. So we'll definitely be tuned into that yeah, later. In the absolutely. Year. All right. So we had an electric weekend of football. Two good games, one great game. The other, not so great, but still a good game. So congrats to both Buffalo and Green Bay on fantastic seasons. I mean, making it to the AFC and NFC championship games is is something to be proud of. I mean, Green Bay now two years in a row making it to the NFC championship game. Obviously, you want to make it to the Super Bowl, but that didn't happen. I mean, Green Bay, sometimes you just got to think to yourself, come on. Like, you lose the turnover battle. I mean, you win the turnover battle. Like, Tom Brady throws three interceptions and you lose the game. Like, that's just excuseless. You you can't have excuses for that. And I'm not putting that on Aaron Rodgers whatsoever. I thought Aaron Rodgers played pretty well. I don't know who I'm putting it on. I'm just saying to give up... Like, to pick Tom Brady three times and still lose the game is an atrocity. Um... If you're the Packers, and I think I think it's what ruined that game. Now, did you have any takes on that specific game, Klein? Like, what did you think watching it? I mean, yeah, it was very interesting to see because like Brady played 
okay. Like he had some like good throws and some good touchdowns, but then the three picks, you're like, what are you doing out there, Tom? I mean, but we I mean, were talking to each other. We were like, what the fuck is this, Tom? Yeah. So like, but the defense stepped up. The defense really did step up, and they got the win, and that's all that mattered. It's not everyone's always like it's a Tom Brady game. No, it's a team game. There's so much other things that go into it. Like, and you know what sickens me? People are like texting me and shit. Like, oh Brady. What now? Belichick's a shit coach because Brady's doing well elsewhere. Are you seeing the Patriots didn't do well this year? Are you serious? That is so stupid. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to touch on that because that's just dumb. It's not even worth yeah, my. T- it's, it's not worth my time. But I figured it pisses me off so much that I wanted to bring it up. But yeah, I mean, I like the Buccaneers' momentum going into the Super Bowl, and I'm really excited to see what happens. I think it's going to be great. Props to the Packers. I mean, a little bit of a choke, honestly. Like everybody thought they were going to be the ones out of the NFC for a while, but. Congrats to Aaron Rodgers on an MVP season. I mean, you picked the Packers. I did. I thought they were going to win. Congrats to Um, Rodgers on an MVP season. Great season, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, the Bills. I mean, the Bills, it was a little bit of a different game the whole entire game, pretty much. I just had this feeling that they were not in it. Even when they went up early in the first half, I just had this feeling like they the way Kansas City was moving the ball, the way they would bounce back when they made a bad play, I just had this feeling like this game is not close. Even though the score is close, this game is not close. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but I think Buffalo definitely has the pieces it needs to get to that next level. It's just more about executing um, and figuring out how to stop Mahomes. I like that take. And I think that... In the Super Bowl, I mean that's that's really the number one problem the Bucks are going to face. It's not a, it's not about stopping Tyreek Hill. It's not about stopping Travis Kelsey. Yes, both of them are huge they went off. problems. They're they're big problems if you're a defense. They're huge problems. But your biggest problem is stopping Patrick Mahomes, making sure he stays in the pocket, making sure he can't stretch the plays. True. Getting pressure on him, making sure he's not mobile, pushing him out to his bad side. That's how you win that game getting pressure and they got that they got the defense to do it so it's going to be a great game we're not going to give any picks yet but i figured we'd just give a little recap before we get into some hockey talk no doubt yeah some great games really looking forward to the big one. Oh yeah we're gonna have a super bowl spectacular for that one Absolutely. so get ready for that get ready for all that we'll get way way deeper into the football stuff hell for yeah the super bowl spectacular and while we're at it today's episode of a washed up sports podcast is in partner with Advanced Office Furniture. Since 2003, Advanced Office Furniture has been providing the New York metro area with the highest quality custom furniture. All the furniture is produced in this state-of-the-art manufacturing facility here in New Jersey and never outsourced. Your business is unique, so why don't you choose to furnish it with specialty furniture that is built to last? With high-quality, customized solutions, no matter what your needs are, Advanced Office Furniture will surely exceed your standards. During the COVID pandemic, many people have moved to a home office. Do not worry. Anything for your home office, Advanced Office Furniture has you covered. Visit www.advancedofficefurniture.com for more. Yes, sir. Check them out. We love those guys. Hell yeah. Shout out Moshe over at uh, Advanced Office Furniture. Guys, the best. The best. Shout out. Gives us really fantastic support, so we just wanted to give Moshe a special shout out. Special shout out. Thank you. All right. Lastly, before we wrap this up, we're going to get into a little hockey talk. Let's go. Let's go. So, Bruins and Devils actually are also rolling. Um, as much as you hate to say it. As much as I hate to say it. Go the Devils! Devils! The Devils are playing. Go! Well. They're playing pretty well. 
Islanders, in my opinion, no matter what the record is, I think they're the best team in the New York area right now. Like the Islanders, Rangers, Devils, that little batch, the Sabres in there too. I mean, I, they, sh- I, they should be... They should be the best, like at the end, like going forward. But I don't know. This is a COVID year. Lots is going on. The Devils look good without Heischer and Brad Vatnin. Evan's way too optimistic, guys. I mean, I'm so, I love. I'm just I love the way they've looked so far. They've looked really good, especially for just for a young team that's like not supposed to do. I have no expectations going into this season, so to see them winning is like really nice right now. But it's still so early. So early. Five games in, like it's too early to even say anything. You just get so optimistically I do. excited. I do. They, they look good. I, Mackenzie I Blackwood it. was arguably the, the most important player on the team, and he just got put, put on the COVID list. And so now Scott Wedgwood at Wedgewall on Instagram is absolutely going crazy with a shutout against the Islanders the other night. Come on! He did play well. That was a good game. Uh, surprising game, but good game. But, like, I mean... Again, you keep on saying it. it's too early. I mean, it I feel like early. it's the same with basketball, too. These seasons are too early because you have so many games. But, I mean, some early predictions, I don't know. I really don't. Like, it's hard I, to I've make. been trying to think about it for the past couple of days. Like, who, who do I think is going to come out and be one of the top teams this year? And I really can't say it. Yeah, neither can I. I need to see, like, at least another couple of weeks before I can, like, start making, like, any sort of predictions, yeah. really. But I mean, I know... One thing I know for sure, I think the Islanders are going to be there, no matter what. Yeah, I they're going to. I think they'll make the playoffs. Hundred percent, but I think they're going to be at the top of the playoffs, and no they matter what seed they are, they're going to compete with the top uh, teams in the playoffs. Interesting. I just like what they did last year, and I like the way they've played this year so far. Even though they've had some, I could see shaky the, games. I could see the Lightning repeating. I would not like that. At all. No, neither would I at all. I would yeah. hate. I would hate that. In yeah, fact. I would but, like hate they're really that. good. I don't know. Again, too early. Keep yeah, saying it. Too it early. Is. Once we get Maselli back on here, I want to get more in depth into the Devils talk. Um, I can also. I know there's a lot of Rangers fans listening. Probably I can talk Rangers all day too. I hate them, but I can still talk. I mean, all the, about Rangers the Rangers look. The Rangers don't look horrible. I mean, they're they're looking pretty much on the same pace as the Devils right now. I mean, they're both growing teams who, who who drafted pretty high over the past couple of years. We outplayed the shit out of the Rangers the other night. Like, wasn't even close. But that's one game, Evan. I'm talking about the organization. I know, I know. You're right, you're right. I just get too carried away. You know me with this shit. Like, yeah, bro. I mean, I'm just trying to say, like, the Rangers have looked good for, the pro- for, the, for what they're trying to do. For what they're trying to accomplish in the New York Rangers facility. They're trying to, they're trying to build a culture, build a new kind of winning franchise. They look good. Fair enough. I would slaughter the Rangers right now and just absolutely give some Rangers slander, but I know we probably have so many Rangers fans. We probably listening, do, man. So I don't I'm wanna, trying like, to be nice. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to keep you, get you guys like disengaged or anything. So let's see what happens. I'm always down to talk Rangers. Hit me up for that anytime. I'm always with that, the hockey talk. I love that. Where did this hit me up come from? I don't know. It, it just flowed. I don't know. It just came to me. You've said a couple times. I you want people to like hit your DMs, like giving you. You want to. Just I love talk like argue, I love arguing with people about like sports and just like just like talking about it. It's just fun for me. I don't know. I've been bored lately. There's like pandemic. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, mean, I just wanted to I mean, know where it came from. I mean, I start my online classes on February first, but I'm still down to you know mix it up in the DMs with the sports talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's more what I was asking. Like, why you so or just adamant? Like, or just like comment on the washed up account. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Like, I don't know. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. This you're, you're right. It is kind of out of the blue. It's but. out of the blue. So I was just I wanted to know what it was about. Fair enough. All right. Um, 
So Vegas, hot, best team in the league right now, pretty much. Yeah, dude. They're, I mean, one thing I was telling, dude. Nasty. One thing I was telling my sister, a little long term kind of thing. Seattle, they're starting in a couple years. They're gonna be they they get a head start because if you think about it, they have the expansion expansion draft, and you're picking from the greatest pool already. You don't have to start with draft picks, right? Like the way you would as a regular franchise. You don't start with debt. Like you would as a regular franchise, you don't start True. with with money that's already accrued on the cap. So like Vegas, since they've started, has had this advantage because they have like this elite talent pool, and then they draft players, and then you know what I mean. They haven't had any previous losses that have harmed their future. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I mean, it, the way, it's something to think about. The way that the NHL expansion draft works, I'm not sure how I feel about it because you clearly saw how. Vegas came into the league and was like amazing from the start. Like nobody thought that was supposed to happen. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, like, like, so that's gonna happen with the Seattle Kraken. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried they're gonna take like Miles Wood from the Devils. That would really piss me off. Who do you think they would take from the Bruins? I'm not sure. I haven't thought about it. Before. I think the way it works is like you can protect like a lot of your forwards, a few defensemen, and then one goalie out of gotcha. your two. And the thing is, the way Mark Andre Fleury worked was because. They wanted to protect. They had the uh, I forget what his name was. Who, the other goalie, he who was the goaltender when they were in the uh, Stanley Cup, the Penguins. I forget what his Matt name. Matt Murray. Matt Murray. Yeah. So they protected Matt Murray. So that left Flurry up for I mean, grabs. Matt Murray was like honestly, I'm not. I'm not lying when I say this. He was right there with Flurry at the time. Exactly. Like, it wasn't a bad call by the Penguins, but it helped the Golden Knights out so much. Exactly. That's what you're getting at, right? Right. I don't so mean the, to cut you off. But no, right. Just, so this yeah, was yeah. the thing because they protected Murray. This left. Flurry up for grabs, which is why he ended up with Vegas at that time. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like I'm thinking about like I think the only player from the Devils Vegas took at the time was John Merrill, and like he was irrelevant to the Devils, so I didn't even care about that. But I'm like actually worried they could take like a young guy that we can't afford to protect in the expansion draft. Yeah, I'd be worried about. I mean, I kind of wanted to touch on this earlier, so I'd be worried about them taking someone like the Bruins' young guys, like someone like. Jake DeBrusque or Jack Stanika or like uh, Sean Corrali type. Right. Like these hardworking type of Bruins that maybe we don't have enough people to protect. Right. Enough like, spots to protect. I think that DeBrusque would definitely get protected. But Corrali, yeah, maybe Corrali. I mean, Corrali is such a strong centerpiece of that team. So maybe, like, sure. maybe like Rich. Uh, I don't know. I'm I don't thinking even maybe know, Richie, like... I'm trying to think because like it's – you would think Krejci would get protected. Pasta, he will. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kirby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a couple of defenders. You could protect, you protect like most of your players. Like, I think yeah, Charlie Coyle, Charlie McAvoy. You, you'll get a ton that are protected. You can, you can protect every, oh. like, all, like everybody except for like two like starting forwards. Or, and, like, yeah. like it's like it's basically most of your players. Yeah, then I'd say probably Jack Stoniga. Yeah. He, he scored his first goal. Nice. Recently. Matt talked about that a couple of podcasts ago. So I wanted to mention that. Um... So, another thing I want to touch on, just poke fun at Maple Leaf fans. Do you like Maple Leaf fans? I don't mind. I like Austin Matthews, so. I'm not a fan of Austin Matthews. Oh. Um, so, Maple Leafs are also playing extremely well. They're right there with Vegas and the rest of them at the top. Except, it doesn't really mean anything because when have the Maple Leafs ever done anything worth a fuck? Yeah, always come up short. I mean, I'm seriously, like, the Maple Leafs doing well in the playoffs is such like a nefarious thought at this point. I gotcha. Yeah. 
They have the talent. No, absolutely. It's just like the way that they are. They just shit. They literally shit have a big. Shit. They have a big three. It's crazy. I know. Like they have the talent. Yeah. They just are not good. Yeah. Sometimes they look great. Other times they're like, "What is this?" Yeah. Exactly. It's weird because they have star powers. So I don't understand it. Exactly. I mean, it is what it is. All right. This has been a fun one, huh? Absolutely. It's been a little short one, but it happens sometimes. Right. We'll be back with that Super Bowl special next week. Five Absolutely. Show. The Super Bowl spectacular. The spectacular special. Follow the Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube. Heck yeah. Better do all that. Giveaways coming soon. All that. Yep. Check stuff. out our sponsors. Links are all in our bio. Check out all the links in our bio. You're going to want to check them all out. Promise that. Subscribe. Yeah. Leave a comment if you want. Let us know how you like the video. Um, podcast every Thursday. I think you guys already knew that, but podcast every Thursday. Blessings. Blessings. Until then, peace.